really need to tell better stories instead of complaining about it, right? What if we right. just start telling the stories and really flood the airwaves with something different? Hey, welcome to episode 14 of This Is Her Story. And today, instead of an interview, I want to talk about being a highly sensitive pastor. This is not really a gender issue. This is, uh, but this is part of my story. And so I would consider myself a highly sensitive person. I don't really like that word sensitive. Uh, it makes me sound like I'm emotional and irrational, um, which I don't think I am. I'm not really even, even much of a crier. So even though I tend to be empathetic and an empath, maybe because I'm an introvert, I don't cry that much. I do fall on the Meyer Briggs. I am an INFP in the Meyer Briggs. So I'm an introvert and I'm an intuitive and I do not like to be under time constraints. They stress me out. And so, uh, you're, you may not be an introvert or an intuitive in listening to this, but I think that as pastors, that we're probably more intuitive and more empathic than the average group of people out there, even if you're an extrovert. And one of the things that I see repeatedly is our inability to take care of ourselves. Um, we are just really bad at self-care. And this last year for us, we've had a lot of grief and a lot of loss. And even though I thought I was really good at self-care, I realized it wasn't enough. And so most days I was walking out of the house and I was already depleted um, before I even tackled the day. Emotionally, spiritually, mentally depleted. And so I found that I really needed to raise the bar uh, on self-care and um, also being able to energize myself before I went and minister to other people. If you are an introvert and an intuitive, you know this, that we spend energy when we are with people, and we, we gain energy when we are alone. And so I like to think of this idea of being a highly sensitive person as someone who is easily stimulated, maybe easily distracted, and uh, you find yourself depleted with energy quickly when you're around people. If I think of the word, the root word for sensitive is to sense um, that our that we have five senses God has given us to gauge and measure our environment and everything that's around us. But for those of us who are highly sensitive per people, then uh, it's as if our five senses are on overdrive and hyper aware. So no matter where we are, those senses are being overloaded. So lots of people talking, noises competing uh, for our attention, um, the temperature of the room, what we're smelling, what we're seeing, lots of bright lights, lots of things, lots of visual stimulation to distract us. All of those things deplete, deplete us more quickly. Um, I find that if I'm in a crowd that there are so many people invading my personal space at one time that that 
that that's probably more draining than anything else. And just a constant awareness um, of other people's feelings, especially if I'm in a room where there are people who are highly anxious, uh, highly fearful, or very hyper. Um, then I will, if anything, kind of take on that energy and it will begin to deplete me quickly. And you may find that. That's why when you leave a funeral, why you feel sad or why you're you know, drained when you come out of the room. I did several funerals this past December and one in particular, because it was a young person who had passed, it was uh, the, the sadness and the despair in the room was almost tangible. It wasn't just that I was depleted when I came home, but I, uh, I just found myself weeping, even though I'm not much of a crier, um, because so much of that I had taken on so much of their uh, sadness and their despair. One of the things I have found over this last year is that I really needed to step it up. Malcolm Gladwell tells the story in his book Blink of a museum curator. In the whole book of Blink is really about in- intuition. And he posits this idea that intuition is really the mind's ability to process information so quickly that we don't even really know how we arrived at that conclusion. So when you walk into a room and you just have a feeling or you have a knowing about something, it's that your brain has processed things so quickly um, that it's in, and it's interpreted that information so quickly that you don't really even know how you came to that conclusion. You just know it doesn't feel right or there's something off or it does feel right or you're supposed to go in this direction he tells a story about this museum curator who was supposed to look at a painting and decide whether or not it was authentic. And so as soon as they took the, removed the cover from it, he knew it was a fake. And he said, I don't know how I know this. I just know. And it was his brain's ability to process everything he knew about the artist and the painting so quickly that he recognized that the pieces of this painting did not fit together. So most of us have had these moments, but some of us are so sensitive that it happens on a daily basis, and it's exhausting. We're overstimulated, easily overstimulated by our environment, and we're hyper-aware because of it. We find ourselves drained. Um, Some of us are hyper-aware even of people's body language, Um, And kind of like I said, if they're anxious or fearful or hyperactive, then we're extra sensitive to that and we can be drained. So what I wanted to share with you are some of the things over the last year or so that I have learned um, that have really helped me to not be um, depleted as quickly, but also to re-energize myself more quickly. And so uh, first I would say would be spiritual disciplines. And that just seems like an obvious one if you're a minister. But there are, I think we get pigeonholed into this idea that there's prayer and reading scripture. And that there are so many other spiritual disciplines 
And some of them just might fit better with your personality. And there's lots of great books out there. Richard Foster's book on spiritual disciplines is one of the best, probably one of the most well-known books out there. Find some other spiritual disciplines that will help to energize you, uh, re-energize you, minister to yourself, your mind and your spirit and your body as well. Second one would be find a creative outlet. If you're an introvert, intuitive, or actually I just think if you're a minister in general, you probably tend to be a creative person, whether it's painting, drawing, photography, beadwork, clay work. I have friends who do woodworking and stained glass. Um, I have a friend who takes other people's trash and turns it into treasure. Find a hobby, a way to release your creativity. It will re-energize you. And it will also empower you when you are with people for longer periods of time. The third would, I would say that has helped me more than anything else in the last year has been finding a physical outlet. If you are an introvert and an intuitive, then you need to get out of your head. You need to sweat. You need to elevate your heart rate in order to release the cortisol that gets stored up in our bodies. When we're around people for a lot or when we're trying to process multiple stimuli, uh, cortisol begins to raise in our body and you have to find a way to release that. Make physical uh, exercise of some sort a part of your weekly plan. Two to three times a week at least. You know, it was one thing when we had to go collect berries and nuts, right? Or hunt for our food. Now we don't have to do that. So you're going to have to find a way to put that into your calendar. The fourth one I would say would be reconnect with nature. There's a great book out there called Last Child in the Woods, which really talks about how we've disconnected ourselves from creation and the detriment it's having on us mentally as well as emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Find a way to reconnect with nature. Now, I will tell you that I'm allergic to just about everything green, so I completely understand, but there is a way that you can do it. The fifth one I would say would be journaling, blogging, and writing. If you're an introvert, intuitive, you need to be journaling, blogging, writing, some sort, whether people see it or not. What's in your head needs to get down onto paper. With that same kind of idea, uh, one of the things that I do on a regular basis is a mind dump. Highly recommend a mind dump. So I just have a bullet point journal, just a, whatever, you can get it five below. It's a dollar store, doesn't matter. Um, I just put the date and I write mind dump and I just go down as bullet points. Everything that I'm thinking about from I need to pick up this prescription to need to put the clothes in the dryer or rewash them because I forgot about them and left them in the washing machine, right? Uh, I need to, um, whatever, I don't know, cut down that tree. I need to check on my retirement plan. I need to, oh, I've got these ideas for a possible f- future sermon series. 
Whatever it is that's in your mind, you need to write it down onto paper. You need to let the paper hold it instead of your brain. Uh, you need that brain power for other things. And so you can go back later. If you have time, do it then. If not, do it the next day. Take that and then put those things into your calendar. If your mind knows that it's on paper and that you can go back to it, then it will stop constantly going back and thinking about it and trying to remind you of it. Get that down on paper, out of your head. The sixth one, the sixth thing I would say that has greatly helped me in the last year is learning the art of meditation. Of course, Christians get all wigged out about that. But the scriptures tell us to pray and meditate. So if prayer is the act of talking to God, meditation is the act of listening to God. But more importantly, it's the act of learning to be present. Because really, the only place that we can meet with God is in the present moment. He isn't in the future And he isn't in the past. He is in the present. He will be there when we get to the future. He was with us in the past. But you really only connect with him in the present moment. There's some great uh, apps out there that will help you. I use Headspace. For me personally, it was worth buying a one-year subscription. I think you can get a one-month subscription free or you can pay for one, pay for a month at a time if you want to do that. There's classes that you can take that will help you. If you listen to Spotify, they have free stuff. Or if you go to wherever you listen to your podcast, there's probably someone on there who will teach you how to meditate. Uh, I like Headspace because it focuses on the science of it. And then I can add m- my branch of spirituality, which is Christianity. But the idea is learning to be present and to breathe. I didn't realize how powerful and important it was until I had a three-day event that was going to involve lots of people. And pretty much every moment of that, those three days was booked with people, except for like when I was sleeping And I've done this event before in the past, and I get about halfway, two-thirds of the way through, and I'm beginning to lose my mind because I am so overly stimulated. And this year, um, I chose to get up two hours before I had to be with people. For me, it was worth giving up the sleep, and I used that time to pray, but then also to meditate. And this was the first year where... I made it through the entire event without feeling like I was completely overstimulated and overloaded. So if you're an introvert, you know what I mean. You can get to a point where you feel like your brain is trying to process everything at once and there's smoke coming out of your ears. And this allowed me to engage in a three-day event without that happening. So I am a high proponent of meditation. The seventh thing I would say is, which I have learned over this last year, is when you're in a crowd, learn to take up space. It's tempting as introverts or intuitives to actually make ourselves smaller when we are around people because they're invading our space. And so we pull our arms in to our sides. We tend to slouch in our posture 
We would take up less space at the table, but it actually does the reverse of what we're trying to do. And we become, we begin to feel more overwhelmed and more crowded. And so learning to take up space in a crowd and with people will give you more control and a feeling of control over your environment rather than your environment controlling you. So that means you stand up taller. It means if you need to stand with one foot sticking out so that people aren't able to get as close to you, spread your stuff out at the table, stand with your hands on your hips. I don't care. Whatever you need to do to take up more space, um, which will actually make you feel like you have more control. Um, and if you want more about that, then I highly recommend you read the book Presence by Amy Cuddy, C-U-D-D-Y. Um, you can also watch her TED Talk or read the book The Body Keeps the Score. The eighth thing I would say is diet. Uh, not just what you put in your mouth, but also what you put in your mind. So this, this makes, I'm going to say this, and you're going to be like, yeah, I know that. What you eat affects how you feel. I say that, and probably most of you listening are saying, yeah, I know that. But even though we know it, we don't do it. And so over the last year, I've intentionally increased my water, decreased my caffeine, increased my protein and my fruits and my vegetables, and taken better vitamins, and I feel better. I have more energy. My mind is clearer. And so we know this, but sometimes we just need a friend to remind you. So here I am reminding you. I'm your friend. Drink more water. Don't drink calories. And you will feel better. And the other thing I would say is we need to mind our diet of what we take in as far as media. So not just social media, but movies we watch, Netflix, what we read, um, what we listen to. I hesitate to say that because the church has been uh, known to tell people what they can and cannot read or watch. And so I'm not saying that, but I am saying do some self-discernment. You know what you can handle and what you can't handle. I cannot handle the news. So I never, ever, ever watch the news. So if you ask me if I saw Fox News, I will tell you no, because I don't watch Fox News, but I don't watch any news. I don't watch CNN. I don't watch Channel 4, whatever. It's because I know that that is not healthy for me. I also am uh, very much a fan of anything drama suspense. So CSI, Law and Order, The Blacklist, all those awesome shows, but I know I can only handle so much of them, or I am too overly stimulated, and it actually, it's not energizing for me, it's not relaxing, binge watching becomes actually using my energy instead of gaining energy, and you know what those things are for you, I'm no longer on Twitter for that reason, well, I have a Twitter account, but I never actually go on there, I just post stuff on there. And so my other cheat sheet that I have discovered in the last year is called HootSuite, H-O-O-T-S-U-I-T-E, where you can post stuff on social media without ever opening the app. So you look like you are engaged even if you're not. That's my cheat sheet. I don't care who you tell.
All right, number nine is declutter. If you're an introvert, intuitive, we need to declutter our space, our calendar, and our mind. Now, I already gave you, uh, I already gave you some insight about my mind dump. I think that's important. Um, so I, I'll put that on here twice. The other is your calendar. I think it's good, especially with this being the beginning of the year, to take a look at your calendar. What is on there that is just taking up space and needs to be, you need to get rid of it. Be very careful about what you say yes to. If you're going to add something to your calendar, is it in line with the vision and the purpose that God has given to you in your ministry? If it's, if it's not, then you need to say no. And sometimes that means saying no to good stuff. Um, this last year, I had to say no to some people who asked me to mentor them. It wasn't that I didn't think they were called um, or gifted. Uh, I just could not put one more thing on my plate. I'm, I was already mentoring several people, and if I was going to mentor them well, I could not say yes. Now, I went and helped them to find someone who would mentor them. I didn't want to just leave them abandoned like little bunnies on the side of the road. <clears throat> but I could not do that to myself and still be effective uh, for my family, for myself, for my ministry. Uh, so you need to take a look at your calendar. And then the third thing I would say would be declutter your space. I don't want you to see my desk right now because it is horrific. But I do try to declutter my space before I'm going to study or write so that, one, I'm not distracted uh, and my mind can just focus on what I need to, but it also gives me peace. Too much clutter. So whatever you need to do, this is a good time of year to put it on your, put uh, take a, an hour a week to declutter your bookshelf, get rid of some paper, throw away some old furniture that's just taken up space and you don't, nobody really sits on it or it's the end table that nobody uses. It just gathers dust or junk mail. Declutter your space so that you can have more peace of mind. And the last thing I want to share with you is, which is actually going to sound counterintuitive, but gauge your alone time. All right, fellow introvert intuitives, we can get so stuck in our heads that we can start to lose touch with reality and become our own worst enemy. And I like my alone time as much as anyone else. But if you've been alone for three, four days and not actually had human contact, you need to get out of the house or your office or wherever it is you are and see some people. I don't care if you just go to the coffee shop and talk to the barista about her dog. But we, ha even as introverts, we have been created in the likeness of God, which means we are created for community and you need to see another human being and focus on them. Look at them. Make eye contact. Call them by name, even if it means you're just reading their name tag at Kroger. My daughter thinks that's creepy, but it gets you out of your head. Um, and we, we have to really be careful. There's a balance that we have to find between too much alone time and not enough. All right, that's all I really have to say about being a highly sensitive pastor. 
and some of you are extroverts, then hopefully there was one or two things that helped you. If not, I'm sure you know an introvert. So pass this along, share it with them, and we'll see you in episode 15.